Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 224 of Voices from the Bench. My name is still Elvis. Yeah, and mine's still Barbara. It's good that we're consistent. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's got me thinking. Maybe we ought to change it up a little bit. My name is... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So what's happening? How's it going up in Indiana? It is hot, humid, gross, and just gross. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I thought you liked that weather because I always say my weather's better than your weather. I would probably say it still is. <laughs> it's either too hot or it's raining. Those are my options this time of the year. Damn. So it makes it difficult to get out and run because I know we love to go out for our runs. It's hard to find time. Well, just an update on my triathlon. Yeah, where training. are you at? Nobody cares. So, yes, I went on an 18-mile workout. I think I put it on Facebook, and you said, did you go for a run? Hell no, I didn't go for an 18-mile run. Get a hold of yourself. (laughs) I did go for a 14-mile bike ride and then transition right into the run because they say you got to get your legs ready once you've been on the bike for that long. Yeah. And freaking felt great. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember how this feels. It feels a little wiggly, and then you just go for it. And then I've been swimming, and tonight I'm running and swimming. So I'm just trying to double up a little bit. I don't think enough people realize when you run and then transition to the bike. Oh. Wait a minute. No, it's the other way around. No, it's when you yeah, bike, when you and, bike and then transition the from the run. Oh, it's a ball buster. It is a weird feeling. Yeah, <laughs> Your legs yep. don't want to work as they should. Exactly. It's just weird. So yeah, the guy at the bike store said, one thing you want to do every single time you go on a bike, even if you only run 100 yards, you need to transition and get your legs used to that feeling. So I've been doing that and it's working. Nice. Watch out, Chicago, because I'm coming at you. Yeah, I can barely get out of bed and walk sometimes, (laughs) let alone get off the bike and run. So yeah. I'll be in some good shape here in another week or so because I'm hitting it. But thank you. Let's do it. Awesome. What's happening this week? Yeah, let's get right to it because this week we have a full house. We have a ton of people on this episode. We have so many people on this episode that, Barb, I think we probably have enough people to have a triathlon relay team, maybe even two. I do believe so. I think we actually grabbed them and shamed them into doing it. (laughs) There's no shame. (laughs) challenge but speaking of the triathlon this episode we are talking all about the upcoming race for the future 8.0 triathlon and the free 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 education day put on by our good friends at the foundation for dental laboratory technology Super excited for that. This yearly event should and could be bigger and better than every year before. Now, the foundation, or what is referred to as the FDLT, their main goal is to raise money where 100% of it, all the money, goes towards providing scholarships, grants, and opportunities to anyone looking to develop their skills within the field of restorative dentistry. Say that five times. Well, I took that right from their website. So Yes, nice. Because an educated industry is a stronger industry. No doubt, and I agree. So this week we talked to the executive director of the FDLT, Lindsay Roran. 
Lindsay breaks down for us what exactly is the race for the future and how we can all pitch in and help. She also talks about the creation of the free, 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 education day and brings with her two of the educators. First up is past podcast guest Arian Deutsch from the Deutsch Dental Arts in Arizona. And you said that pretty good, brother. I practice, practice, practice. I bet you did. <laughs> so Arian shares a little with us on what he's teaching at the event called Breaking the Stigma of Removable Dental Prosthetics. And also another past podcast guest, good friend Tony Prespitino from Artifacts Dental Lab in Virginia, also comes on to talk about what he'll be discussing during his presentation called Digital Dentistry, Cementable versus Screw-Retained Restorations. Which is super hot right now. It is super hot. Not just Tony. We're talking about the topic. (laughs) It's a great conversation about a great event that every great person should go to. But wait, we're not done. There's more. We actually round off the whole episode with a much-needed update from Mr. Bennett Napier that gives us some interesting numbers about our industry after this COVID shutdown and a very cool and, again, much-needed update about the CDT certification. Oh, yeah. Wait for it. It's exciting. Awesome. So join us for this amazingly important episode with Lindsay Ronan. Rowan. Ronan. Rowan. Rowan. Lindsay Rowan. That doesn't sound right. That's perfect. It's Rowan. I'm telling you, you did it good. Lindsay Rowan. <laughs> Lindsay Rowan. Arian Deutsch. Tony Prespitino. And Bennett Napier. Whitmix is super excited to announce the new Pro 4K large format 3D printer from Asiga. The open material printer for 385NM and 405NM resins features renowned Asiga reliability and super fast print mode for large batch printing of virtually all print resins. It's ideal for printing any kind of model, dentures, splints, surgical guides, impression trays, and more. As with other Asiga printers, the Pro 4K features the SPS smart positioning system technology which ensures that the build platform is in the correct position when forming each layer providing repeatable accuracy and production continuity the asiga pro 4k dl printer is priced at under 25 grand has a large build plate and is available in both versions for more information about the asiga pro 4k visit witmix.com We appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We're excited to have a full house today talking about something that Barb and I are always extremely passionate about, and that's the race for the future with the foundation. This year, they're doing an education day. So joining us from the foundation, Lindsay, do you run the foundation? Is that is that the best way to describe it? <laughs> I am the executive director of the foundation. She's in charge. Lindsay Ronan? Roan. Roan. Lindsay Roran. How Rowan. are you? And welcome to the program. <laughs> Did you say how old am I? 
No, how are you? <laughs> oh, I was like, okay. I'm doing great. It's very, very hot in North Florida. We are going through a heat wave. So as long as I'm in the air conditioning, I'm doing just fine. Nice. Right. I echo that, just saying. And then joining us, a couple past guests, but they're back on to talk about this education day. We have Tony Prespatino. How are you, sir? Hey, buddy. How are you guys? Great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Your last name was one of the first ones I think that ever gave me a lot of trouble. And I practiced so much. I can say it right. It's amazing. <laughs> it's okay. You can just call me Tony and I'm good with that. Awesome. And then also joining us is Arian Deutsch. How are you, sir? Doing great. I imagine, you know, my name was kind of second up on that list. It was a little, little harder, maybe. Oh, a little bit. A little See, bit. we practiced before yeah. you jumped on. We, we were did. practicing. <laughs> good to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have everybody here talking about this, but let's give a, if Lindsay, if you don't mind, kind of the history of the Race for the Future and the foundation. How did all this get started? Absolutely. So I'll just give a little bit of a background. The NADL, NBC, and the Foundation for Dental Laboratory Technology, they are all sister organizations that work hand in hand. They all kind of have their own expertise and kind of serve as their own leg to the tripod, so to speak. So the foundation is the newer of the three. It was created in 2008. And we are a um, 501c3 charitable organization. So we are strictly run by donor funds. And our main mission, in, in short, is education. So that's through a variety of things like our grant and scholarship program, which hopefully many of you are familiar with, but really just to advance the dental laboratory technology industry by developing educational curriculum and programs based on the need of the industry. Nice. So what year was it created? So the first race for the future was in 2014. Unfortunately, I was not a part of that one. I believe Barb was there. I think that one was in Nashville, if I'm correct, or maybe it was in Chicago. Yeah, the very first one, I actually was a relay. So I was doing the running leg of it. And that was in um, Chicago, for sure. And then I think that 2015 was... Nashville, which was a real fun one as far as the swim goes. Um, But it has been an annual fundraiser ever since, um, with the exception of, of course, 2020. Unfortunately, that race was canceled due to COVID-19. But it's a huge, huge, huge source of revenue for the foundation. Since the first race in 2014, we've raised over half a million dollars. And again, all of that money as a 501c3 charitable organization gets circulated back into the dental laboratory industry. So every dollar that we've raised, so to speak, it increases our budget for grants and scholarships. We can add to our online curriculum. So we rely on the industry and friends and family and colleagues of the industry to help us raise funds around this event. Barb uh, is one of our top fundraisers, always has been. So if anyone's looking for tips on fundraising, uh, reach out to Barb. She is definitely an expert and has brought us in a lot of money over the years. Thank you. Thank you. How much money has Barb brought in? Do you know? Do you have like a running total? I don't have that number on hand. I could definitely figure that out. Or Barb, you may have a better idea. My goal is... Every year is to at least fundraise seven grand, seven to eight. I think I might. And I, if I recall, you've done some fun 
kind of have, didn't you do like a, a bake sale? Oh yeah, we do bake year? sales, jobs. Just kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was always a funny haha. That was for you, Tony. That yeah. one was in the brownies, though. That's what I want to know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I can. I beg and, and send everybody emails and call my friends and just honestly just try to ask very nicely for, for donations. So yeah, it's great, though. Yeah. Makes my heart feel full when I uh, do anything um, related to my industry and giving back. So absolutely. What it is is the industry participates in an, a professional triathlon. The foundation doesn't put on the triathlon, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So we participate in this year, it's the Chicago triathlon. And the idea is if a technician or a lab owner or somebody was participating in this, then you kind of spread the word, hey, sponsor me, donate money for my chance of not dying when I'm swimming. (laughs) That's what I say. (laughs) Definitely. And there's some friendly competition in there for sure. As far as the racers go to fundraise. You know, yeah, we've, Sean we've Nowak had... and I just had that chat this morning. I was not going to mention names. But... <laughs> well, I did. We'll, we'll let everyone know to bring in the podcast. So suck it, Sean. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Sorry. I'll behave. So how many people usually participate from our industry? What's average? It's a fairly small group, and it, of course, varies year to year. Mm-hmm. I'd say, on average, probably 15. There's been yeah. some years where we've had, like, you know, a big group of people from one lab. Um, last year in 2021 was a little bit smaller. It was, you know, right after COVID. Sure. And, um, some people still weren't traveling. Companies still had travel restrictions and that kind of thing. But I'd say about 15 on average. And, you know, last year, I, I definitely think we were small but mighty. Everyone was on a relay team. There was no one that did the race, the whole race as an individual. And so I believe three teams of three, so nine of us total. We did have some people that weren't racing that were there cheering along the sidelines. But it was really cool because since they were all relays, everyone started at the exact same time. So, like, I was treading water with. Tom Love and Jed Miller waiting for the swim to start and I passed Jed on the transition to the run and you actually kind of get to see your people along the way and if you are competitive like me it definitely allows for a little bit more competition because everyone starts at the same time nice yeah it was a lot of fun I remember years past, I mean, Aspen used to send a ton of people to this thing. They did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They had, gosh, they probably had about 15 yeah. just with Aspen. They haven't raced the past few years, but yeah, those were, I would say will have been our, the years that Aspen participated were probably the influx of participants that we had over the years. Sure. We need to get them back in it. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people, when they think of triathlon, they instantly go, Iron Man, you know, like you're you got to train for years to do this. This is not the case with these kind of things. There's smaller races, there's different lengths. It, pretty much anybody can do some of these parts, right? Yeah, I would say all forms of athleticism are welcome. I definitely think people get deterred by the term triathlon, rightfully so. I totally get it. Yeah. And we would love for people to participate in the whole thing. Barb, I know you've done that and you're going to do that again this year. You're going to take on all three events, which is awesome. Yep. But, you know, finding people that will do the swim, bike, run individually, it's very manageable. And if you don't like to swim and it's really only 
not even half a mile swim, that can sound intimidating, but there are no rules really. Um, you could doggy paddle the whole thing, <laughs> you, the whole thing. Yeah. you can lay on your back and kind of paddle. They have boats that you can rest on along the way for a certain period of time. Yep. I am not a biker. I will swim and run all day long. So when I biked one year, I mean, I literally leisurely strolled downtown (laughs) (laughs) and same for the run. You could walk it if you wanted to. So we say there's friendly competition and of course there is friendly competition, but it's really for fun and what we're doing it for. That's all that matters. So, I mean, I'm confident that anyone could participate if they wanted to. I'll chime in on that. If you guys don't mind, I remember the very first year I'm a lifelong runner and I was doing the running part of it. And there was, you would just not even believe the different types of athletes, tall, short, wide, you name it. And they were all there and they were all just doing their thing. And it was super inspirational. And I came back from that event going, damn, I can do that. And so I think yeah, it's just a it's mental, you know, you just got to, especially as passionate as we are. So, you know, you're raising money and you're challenging yourself. It's just a super gratifying event. Agreed. And the spectators. I remember the year I've done it. All those yeah, people. Yeah, what were you wearing that year, Elvis? Oh, oh yeah. God. That, I didn't race that year. That was my uh, broke my collarbone sitting out de- uh, year. But all those thousands of people cheering you on when you come into that finish line is just amazing. You can't describe it, what it feels like. So with that said, Arian and Tony, have we convinced you yet? That's where I was going. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll do it if Arian does it, if we can get a team together. What do you think? That sounds like a deal. (laughs) I'm not promising anything because I don't know how far the swim is, the run is, or the ride is. (laughs) They have a couple different events. They have a super sprint, which is basically you're in and out of the water. It's a three-mile bike ride and like a half a mile run, Lindsay. Yeah, it's a 6.2-mile bike ride and a 1.5-mile run. It's all in the parking lot. (laughs) <laughs> and they've got yeah. a sprint, which is what I'm doing, and that's a little over a quarter mile swim, or it's a half a mile swim, 15 mile bike, 3.1 mile run. And then they've got the big one, which is what? A mile swim? That's 0.93 mile swim, 24.8 mile bike, and 6.2 mile run. And uh, Sean Nowak did, did that one one year. Yeah, I'm on that. <laughs> no, God, no. But if you break up those relays and you pick up a leg, you know what I mean? It's not as bad as it sounds. It's pretty yeah, pretty doable. I'll do the easy stuff if Arian does. We better start training now. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> I mean, you guys are coming to the race, right? Yeah, I, I'm going to cheer on Barbara for sure. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a great segue. So how did you guys come up with a foundation education day in conjunction with the race? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, the main purpose of the foundation is education. um, And that's through various things. When COVID hit, as everyone knows, in-person continuing education was hard to come by if you were able to come by it at all. And, you know, hopefully things are back to quote normal now. And, you know, we're very thankful that we have the opportunity to do what we do virtually. Uh, most of the time, but 
we feel nothing is quite the same as the quality learning experience like you would have in person, you know, so you can be more interactive, more of an intimate setting. And, you know, what I think we all missed the most as COVID went on was connecting with our peers and networking. So the foundation thought, you know, what can we do to bring that kind of in conjunction with the race you know, already bringing people in kind of like a two for one, you're already there. That way we bring people into the race, bring people into education day. And that's where the idea of this came about. And then we developed a task force and started throwing out names with speakers. And we were very grateful that Mike Bellarino, Arian, and Tony all were able to speak at this event. It's going to be a half day of in-person courses. And it's going to be in Chicago at the Hotel Chicago, um, which is kind of connected to, if you've been to Chicago, you've seen it. It's the like circular parking garage where it looks like all of the cars could back into the river. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So everyone knows what that is. So we're at a new location. We've never been here before. We're really excited. It will, um, after the courses, there's going to be a one-hour networking reception. That's just going to be super casual, you know, catching everyone up on lost time and there will be drinks and appetizers and that kind of thing. And then that evening, if anyone wants to join, uh, there will be the race for the future dinner. Everyone is welcome to join us. It is a $50 fee to join the race dinner, but education day itself is free of charge for everyone. And all three courses are approved, are NBC approved for one hour of scientific credit. So it's a very simple registration process. Um, we encourage everyone to come join us, stay for the race dinner if you're able, and of course, stay for the race as well. And it would really just be a fun weekend in Chicago supporting the industry that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call it like a little mini lab day. That works. So what do we got? Who starts off the education day? Is that going to be someone that's with us or is Mike starting the day? It is not. Um, Mike Bellarino, he is at Trinidad. He was unable to join us today, but he will be kicking off Education Day. And his topic is going to be on photography. Oh, very cool. And then um, next up to that, Arian, he will be their next topic. So I will let Arian tell us a little bit about what he's going to cover. Arian. Let me guess. (laughs) Go Go ahead. Go for it, Elvis. Gold coping something. <laughs> what are you giving us, Aria? Yeah, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that subject in detail, but kind of starting from the perspective of, you know, the stigma that we see when we think about our our grandfather's dentures, or you know, this there's this kind of stigma. Oh sure. Uh, that I feel like we we face in dentistry, and and it's almost kind of like the thought has been put out there that the last thing that a patient would want is something that they can remove particularly if they've got implants. So we're going to talk a little bit about that stigma and how we can break that stigma uh, with the solution that we've been talking about. Nice. Are you going to be uh, making any coffee while you're there? Well, you know, I mean, maybe I could I could bring some stuff and do some pour overs maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were bringing nine bar and setting it up in the back of the, the, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that memo. <laughs> 
Why did you ask that question, Elvis? Pull me because in. he roasts his own coffee. It's amazing. Oh, damn. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you bring all your materials and make us all coffee that morning. Well, you know, <laughs> I, what I could do, actually, is maybe we can roast some ahead of time and I can bring some with me. There Ooh, you go. That sounds great. And you could raffle it for anybody that wants to donate to my race. There you go. <laughs> little, little cross promotion going. It always comes back to the donations. So, so what else are you going to talk about? So your education, what is it, an hour, hour and a half? Yes, it's an hour. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm going to kind of just talk about the journey that we've gone through with these telescopic implant cases. Because, you know, we started off with a very traditional solution that is common in Germany and Switzerland. And then we've kind of taken it a little bit further with some bar sleeves that we're doing and also some little sleeper attachments so that uh, essentially... You know, a lot of these solutions that we're providing are basically, they don't lose retention and, and have the potential to never lose retention for a patient. So it's it's pretty interesting. Wow. Awesome. Since we've had you on the podcast, you've been doing some courses at your place. I've been seeing you online, putting on a few of them. How are they going? You know, they're they're going great. And I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I can kind of speak back to the what you guys were talking about earlier with the pandemic and people really wanting to get back to in-person education. It's just been, it's been an awesome experience and people are super happy. Courses are filling quickly uh, and it's, it's just nice to get everyone back in person again and, and network and have conversations about the challenges that we face. It's, it's just been awesome. And where are you located? We're in Sun City, West Arizona, which uh, if you know the Phoenix area, we're like Northwest Valley. Wow. So you're in a hot area too, huh? Yeah, hop a dry. You know, my wife and I grew up in Connecticut, and uh, there we had the humidity. Matter of fact, we, we just got back in from Dallas uh, yesterday. And uh, boy, I tell you, I, I don't know if I could live anywhere else with, with the level of humidity we have here. It's pretty comfortable. Yeah, I've been there many times, and I completely agree. Lindsay and I both live in Florida, and we're sweating. <laughs> we're not doing well right now. <laughs> Send funds. They're, yep. they're... <laughs> And then Tony Presbytino, you're coming on to talk about all things Zimmer, right? Oh, yeah, right. No, actually not. <laughs> First of all, Zimmer Biomet, Zim B, all that stuff. I, I love the implant company, no doubt about it, but I love all implant companies. And my laboratory is an implant laboratory. We do every brand of implant that there is. It's just in, I think, regionally throughout the country, each region uses certain things. I mean, oh, you might yeah. Go, you might go to Florida and get mostly Strawman, but in DC, Virginia, Maryland area, it's just a lot of Zim V. But that doesn't mean we don't do our fair share of Nobel and BioHorizon and Strawman for sure. sure. I love all the companies for sure. And I'm going to go over something that I don't talk a lot about. I mean, I do a lot of different lecturing and um, webcasts on things like hybrids and full arch dentistry and aesthetic stuff. But this one is going to be more of a uh, you know, because a lot of them are, are generated towards doctors and surgeons that I give. But this one's going to be more generated towards the dental laboratory technician. As technicians, we get stuff in the laboratory we're expected to make miracles from. Oh, All yeah. of us know that. Oh, yeah. So what I'm going to go over, I think I have an hour. And there's lots of stuff I'd love to cover, just like Aaron would love to. But in, during that hour, I'm going to go over some pretty basic stuff. But understanding the pretty basic stuff, like a... The difference between a screw retained crown and a cementable crown sounds pretty easy, right? Yeah. But today, no. the world is going more <laughs> towards screw retained versus cementable. 
and it's periimplantitis and the fees and expense and stuff like that. And I get it and I understand it. And we change with the times, but we have all this CAD CAM technologies and scanners and millers and 3D printers. And those are things that can help with this. But what no amount of machinery can, can help with is diagnosing the case correctly and then designing it correctly. A lot of these screw retained crowns that people are using over tie bases and, um, and maybe even a custom abutment that you cement together in the lab, a screw mm-hmm. mentable type crown. A lot of these cases are not as cut and dry. Even you see a single molar, number 30, implant placed right in the middle. They're not as cut and dry as you think they would be. So I want to go over some some selected cases where, yeah, I got a tooth number 12. It looks perfectly done, but it's not. And, and there are some things you have to do in the laboratory just so the doctor can see it. There's a lot of issues. Where is the bone level? Where's the CEJs of the adjacent teeth? Where are they? Because that comes into play with your emergence profile, screw-tained or cementable. And I'm going to go over the basics of that because not every tooth is going to be, you know, nine millimeters high. Yeah. Some teeth are going to be longer and you have to be able to design it correctly. So one, it looks great. Two, it functions good. And three, the doctor can see it. So I'm going to go over those kind of things. So it's not glamorous like Arian. I've, I've, dude, I've given many lectures over the years, but following Arian still has me a little bit of pucker. I I am nervous about that, that his Deutsch removable bridge system and his photographs and the things that he has is it's, it's absolutely beautiful and it's great subject matter, great topic, great education, very experienced. So I got to follow that with more of a basic type lecture. And I'm, uh, I mean, he's Arian's the hottest, one of the hottest speakers in, in the, in the industries right now. So I got to follow that. So it kind of got me a little puckering. <laughs> I'm blushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to open that bar a little earlier. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> that day. <laughs> so Lindsay, why did we choose these gentlemen for the first education day? Well, the Foundation Board of Trustees put together a task force, mm-hmm. and we first started with the conversation of what are the hot topics in the industry? And as those topics rose to the top, we started talking about who comes to mind when we hear photography and that kind of thing. And we just kind of narrowed down our list and started reaching out, and Tony's on the Foundation Board, so that one was pretty easy to get locked in. Yeah, he forced you. I get it. <laughs> no, no forcing. Arian as well, and, and even Mike. So we're very thankful and excited to have them present for us. That's fantastic. So I've seen Mike. God, it's been years and years and years and years. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's cool. Because I know that a lot of clinicians and technicians are all really doing a lot more photography and they need to learn the cameras and they need to learn all of the specifications. I can't even say it because I don't remember, but you know, how do you want it? Do you want it in raw? Do you want it this? Do you want it that? And, and so um, I'm looking forward to that as well. That's going to be cool. Tony, I'm not an implant person, so, you know. <laughs> She's done. <laughs> I do them, but uh, I don't know a lot about them. So I'll definitely be interested in that. Arian, same with you. So you're the hottest that's going on and you're making Tony nervous. So I'll certainly be there. (laughs) I will say it's interesting. I noticed that none of this starts until well into the afternoon. I mean, 1.15 p.m. Usually when you hear of a half day at, you know, 8 a.m., everyone has to be there. It's nice. This is a nice change, I think. Absolutely. We are looking forward to it. You know, if people do education day into the 
race dinner. It's still a pretty long day. Sure. Um, the hope is that everyone will join us for the weekend, and we haven't determined our dinner spot yet. It's usually something that involves a lot of carbs, possibly some beef dish <laughs> pizza, um, yeah. so that everyone can get their beer and pizza in before the big race the next morning. So is this something that people need to register for, or can they just show up? Yes. Technically, registration is required for all of it. So for Education Day, the registration link is on the foundation website, but it is free of charge. So really, we just need kind of you know basic contact information um, so that we can do your confirmation letters and all of that kind of thing. And of course, it helps us with account for the day. So registration is required for that. The Race for the Future dinner, again, everyone is welcome. The Education Day and Race for the Future dinner registration form is on the same form. Okay. It's very short. Um, it's not going to take up too much of anyone's time. So you can knock both of those out in one. And of course, if anyone is inclined to donate to the foundation, there's the opportunity to do that on that form as well. Which they should. The race for the future, Elvis, as you mentioned, it is actually the Chicago Triathlon that puts on the race. It's a massive race. Yeah. So we've just got our little group within the race. So all of the times and locations and all of that is set forth by the Chicago Triathlon. So registration is done through the Chicago Triathlon. We do have a $10 off discount code that Chicago Triathlon has given us. Oh, what is that? <laughs> I haven't registered yet. What is that code? The code is CHITRI22FDLT. So that's C-H-I-T-R-I-2-2-F-D-L-T. All right. I just wrote it down to myself. Thank you. You're welcome. If I text you that, Elvis, that's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Cool. That's awesome. So how do we get more people to kind of participate? Or how are we reaching out? I've seen it on social media a lot. Yep, we've been advertising in the industry publications. So we've had several in LMT, IDT, and JDT. You know, the hype has kind of been year-round. Education Day is new, so that didn't really start getting pushed until recently. But, you know, our hope is... You know, the, the race has been a thing since 2014. So, you know, we have over 30 sponsors this year, which is fantastic. I see a lot of new names on there, too. Absolutely. We do have quite a few new sponsors that have never sponsored before, which is awesome. And we love to see it. And the level of support through sponsorship is tremendous. We still have people that sponsor and don't race. So, I mean, honestly, we rely on you all and the industry professionals who, like Barb and Sean, who have been racing in this race for so long to help us bring people in. I do think that people get deterred hearing the word triathlon. And so hopefully we've helped ease some people's minds on that. It really is for fun. But we also have a... It's fun for most people. I wish it was fun for me. It's truly competitive for me. I want to place in the top three in my age group. So yeah, well, I'm nuts. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. That's a personal battle. I know. <laughs> we have a Facebook event page. So if you don't like the, you know, quote, like the Foundation for Dental Laboratory Technology on Facebook, we would love for you to follow our page. The event page is posted in there and anything throughout the 
the whole weekend. So the race and education day we're posting in that page. Hopefully as time gets closer, we'll start sharing some training pictures. I know Gary has shared a a picture from past years. So we'll continue to do outreach and hopefully we can bring people in and get some more and new relay teams in. We, we know we've got Tony and Arian right now. Yeah. And Elvis. Is, know, it, Lizzie, is that a team thing or an individual thing? For the race? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do either. Most people do a relay just because the thought of completing an entire triathlon with two months or less to train may be kind of daunting. Um, right. But Barb is doing the whole thing. So, I mean, it, it, three would work. Yeah. What do you want to do? What leg of it do you want to do? Arian, what are we going to do, buddy? Who are we going to get? How about Mike? I like this. That that makes sense to me. Me, Mike, and Arian, we could do, each one of us could do one portion of the short leg. We're not going to do the barber stuff because she's, she's a super person. <laughs> but uh, we can do the short things if it's okay with Arian and Mike. And maybe we can be able to, I mean, and this is my plea to the dental laboratory community. <laughs> I would really love the support. I'm sure that Lindsay and the FDLT, Arian and Mike, we would love the support of each and every one of you to attempt to come. We know that it can be a trial and tribulation in the summertime months and also with the cost of the flights and things. But if you're in the local Chicago area, I mean, free education and to get the Deutsch Removable Bridge, he's trying to get a patent on this. It's a great speaker, great content. I mean, this is one not to be missed. And, you know, you get your CDT points as well. You get to network with others. And I personally, I mean, I and anybody in the industry who knows me knows that I am a resource of information. If anybody has any questions, I mean, I... My phone number, my email is always available for everybody in the industry. If I can help in any way, shape, or form with an issue or a challenge or a problem, I'm happy to do so. And if you come to the meeting, I, I promise I will stick around and I will meet each and every attendee personally if you want to meet. And I can talk to you guys and we can hang out. And I love the industry. I think this is a great first step for the FDLT in this uh, education day. But my plea is personally just to... Hey, everybody, come join us, man. I want to see what this can be. Lindsay and, and Rachel and those over at the FDLT have put a lot of work into this. And, and Barb and Elvis, thanks for having us because this is a stepping stone for that. And Elvis and Barb, what you do on Voices is something that also advocates for our, our industry. And I appreciate all of it. But if it doesn't sound like it, I'm very smitten by Arya. So I'm telling you, his content his content's incredible. Awesome. Tony, are you going to be able to talk to Arian during this? <laughs> no. I have I a feeling <laughs> you're going to clam up. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to get it past his entourage. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited about this, just kind of hearing how this is all coming together. And, and I, I'm fairly confident that the three of us could, in fact, equal one marathonist. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. <laughs> well, keep in mind that the shorter part of the triathlon – that happens on Saturday in the morning, right? It does. So you guys would be racing, doing all that, and then speaking later that day. Not saying you can't do that. Just keep that in mind. It's all in one day. So while you can still do the super sprint on Saturday, it is about eight miles away from kind of everything else. So by any means, I'm not going to deter you from participating. However, we do have the foundation board meeting that morning. <laughs> Those are just some things to, to keep in mind. We've found over the years that that super sprint can be difficult getting everyone from point A to point B and then finding people. 
Yeah. Um, because it's not laid out quite as organized as the bigger one. It's a logistics nightmare trying to find people there. Yeah, exactly. What's the easiest thing for Ari and Mike and myself to do without without killing us? I don't want my butt to hurt like Barbara hurts right now from riding 10 miles yesterday on her new bike. I would recommend the sprint relay. So it's an 800 meter swim. That's less than half a mile. A 15 mile bike. Again, I can run and swim all day. I cannot bike. That can be a leisure stroll. How many mile bike? 15, 15. miles. Okay. And then a 5K, which I'm sure you've done a 5K and you can run, walk it. It got water stations. You're not going to die. And you can see people along the way. So anyone who's not racing will have some cowbells and we'll be cheering you on. And your adrenaline's going to kick in and it's going to be great. And then they've got free food. They've got beer. They've got music at the end. Yeah. It'll be worth it. You get a shiny medal. You get a medal. So well, I guess, plan. Lindsay, email me, Mike, and Arian together so we can best decide on what to do. And sorry, and I popped you into this. Mike, he can't even defend himself. <laughs> sorry for him. He's in. I will definitely do that. And worst case scenario, if for any reason we can't get Mike on board, Elvis said he wanted to run. Yep. Oh. I got two famous people I get to work with. Elvis, the legendary rock star Elvis and Arian. It's oh, <laughs> ridiculous. I only run, so the rest of you are out of luck on anything else. <laughs> and the weather, obviously, it's August. It's hit or miss. But yeah. I don't remember what year it was. It was either, I think it was 2018, Barb, you were there. It had to have been oh. the most perfect, beautiful weather. I mean, it was, you could not have asked for anything better. And then the year following, it was how to sell. We took Florida with us. They but. shortened the race on everybody. Yep. Yeah, they did. They, it was they like so half hot. the run because it was too hot. I'm up for that. Yay, Midwest summer. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's definitely hit or miss on the weather. Yeah. But the good news is, is uh, you won't need a wetsuit if it's really hot. That's true. Yeah, nobody, that's something I can't do. Yeah. Nobody looks good in a wetsuit. I can't do the wetsuit. <laughs> I don't care how cold the water is. I just can't do it. They can be annoying. Yeah. Did we even say the date of this? I don't think we did. <laughs> this is terrible of us. I don't think we did. August 28th, Anne? So Education Day is August 27th. 27th, okay. And then the race is August 28th, which is the following Sunday. Sunday. So they do the race on Sunday because it's Chicago and traffic and work and all that. So I mean, they close down streets. So we load up on carbs on Saturday, wake up, ready to tackle it on Sunday. Yep. So we encourage everyone, let's participate, let's sponsor, let's come and be a spectator. Big shout out and thanks to all the sponsors. I mean, there's the list is huge. Biggest list I've ever seen for sure. It's great. A lot of new companies, a lot of new labs on here, some yeah. individual people. It's pretty cool. If anybody is interested, place to start is dentallabfoundation.org. And we are all guaranteed to see Arian and Tony participate this year <laughs> publicly there's no backing out yeah there's not now it's it's on record exactly you make it wimpy enough and i'll do it <laughs> i will arrange the uber to get you the five miles from the hotel to the start line <laughs> awesome everybody well thank you so much for coming on and talking about this exciting thing thank well, you thanks for having us. us yeah absolutely thanks for having us absolutely we'll see you in august all right see everybody then thank you Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 
We'd like to welcome back to the podcast for the first time in quite a while, Bennett Napier. Welcome back, sir. Elvis and Barbara, hope both of you are doing well. Glad to be back. Yes, we are. Welcome. It's been a while. We kind of used you quite a bit during the shutdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that might have been the last time we talked to you, and we do apologize for that. But you gave us constant updates on the industry and how everybody was getting through the shutdown. But here we are. We all know that labs are crazy busy. We're just rocking it. Give us an update. What's the industry looking like? Well, I'm happy to kind of give some high-level data. Everybody, most people know me. I'm a data king, so <laughs> might as well start with that because um, it's, it's some pretty interesting data. So U.S. Department of Labor, a lot of what we publish amongst our own market research and the 2021 Year-end data is finally out. So it takes about six months for that stuff to happen? Yeah, we pull it every quarter, but to get you know the year-end, December year-end, usually is not available to early June. So we have it now. Wow. So your timing for our interview today is good. So I think I've got some salient points I think people will be interested in. You know, So looking at the data, and I'll give some percentages too. So we ended 2021 with 5,370 commercial dental laboratories, and they define it as dental laboratories with a payroll. So that does not include one person, you know, dental laboratories. So an owner plus at least one employee is sure, that 5,370. Yeah. That's up, right? Well, it's down, and I'm going to get to that. So, okay. so it's... Stay positive, Barb. Stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> the number of labs is down. I think the market is growing. That's the good news. Oh, and yeah. I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. But looking at the last 10 years, so post-recession, the last recession anyway, in the last 10 <laughs> years, we've had 26% consolidation. In the last five years, is about 15.5% consolidation. So, I mean, the, I think to some extent, the silver lining, even though there's continued consolidation, is 2020 was single-digit consolidation. So a lot of people went into the you – know, obviously, when we were talking in the spring of 2020 uh, and, and kind of thinking where things would go, uh, it really didn't cause a drastic hmm. you know, shift in what we thought. If we come back to the other two key points of data are that the number of technicians – so we were on a pretty good growth trajectory pre-March 2020 in terms of employment. And so we were getting close to 50,000 technicians, you know, or just under it. The thing I would share is 2021 ended with just under 45,000 technicians, which means we're basically at where we were in 2018 range, 2019. What that means or shows us is the bounce back has been like off the chart. So from 2020 to 2021, you know, we had 9% growth. Obviously some of that was the attrition that we lost in part of 2020 with layoffs and furloughs, but it Mm -hmm. came back, it came back very, very quick and almost we're back to kind of where we started pre pandemic. So that's exciting. The other piece is, you know, which we talk a lot about with different audiences, especially with, you know, dental laboratory technology schools and, you know, trying to attract people into the profession. Average wages for technicians from 2020 to 2021, and obviously Barbara, you know, is owner and hiring people all the time. She knows this, she sees this, is over $50,000 is the average salary for technicians. That's great. We saw 8.3% wage growth from 2020 to 2021. I just wonder, why do you think that is? 
it's part of it was what was already impacting the market pre-pandemic was just the, the war for talent. Yeah. You know, if you find good people, you're going to re- try to you know pay them and retain them. And certainly if they're qualified and you're recruiting them in, wow. you know, that's and, and this is 2021 data. So this doesn't even take into account kind of 2022, the cost of living things that we're all facing in terms of inflation and stuff like that. So, you know, that's uh, I think, you know, we'll see kind of where this year ends up. But I think it's that really that war for talent and quite frankly, the skill sets that are needed to be successful in today's profession. Yeah. So that I think, I, again, I, I look at it, it's, it's hard to look at that from an employer standpoint, given, you know, price pressures and stuff like that. But I've always said, if you have a, a higher average wage, you know, that's going to draw people to the market. And so, hmm. I, you know, in collaboration with that, I can share that, you know, the NADL board of directors, we had a number of meetings this year and, couple of the key elements of those discussions and deliverables are, you know, during the summer 2022, NADL is going to be launching a new career video um, to try to attract people to our profession. Oh, like, oh, what's the dental lab? What's yes. For the public? Yes. Ah. Um, so it's, that's kind of a puzzle piece of a broader campaign of occupational awareness mm-hmm. of the dental laboratory technician profession. So the video will be the first that's launched this summer. And then our board will be discussing the rest of the summer on a broader strategies on really driving people either coming out of high schools into the profession where they're coming in, either they have maybe some digital skills coming out of high school mm-hmm. and want to, to start a job or basically show people the pathways, you know, formal education programs or second career people who are really attracted to healthcare, highly digital uh, environments and try to drive them to our profession. I mean, that's pandemic. We know we, we all talked about was just keeping the doors open, but now it's, now it's the, the laboratories are just have been busting at the seams and yeah. you have to have people and technology to do the work. And so we have a golden opportunity, I think, especially with growing wages to drive some new people into the profession to meet that demand. So I think that's very exciting for NADL to be working on that initiative because that's very timely and clearly important for everybody. Heck yeah. I think it's a great idea. We've had a few people on the podcast that are dental technicians now, but had a whole previous life before. Right. Different career. And when they made that shift, no matter where they came from, I don't know, you know, not getting into the whole story, but they absolutely love it. Yep. You know, and I think it's a great option for a lot of people, especially if wages are up. Yeah, so I'm real happy about that initiative, and and that's obviously got universal benefit. So we'll, we'll be launching more about how people can use use some of those tools and get involved with that campaign once it formally launches as well. So, so in a nutshell, am I hearing less labs, more technicians making more money? That's what it seems where we are. I mean, you know, Interesting. I mean, so I, I think I, I think that's, you know, you're, you're never going to have the perfect environment for all aspects of what operations are, but the market's growing. That's clearly what you want. Sure. Wages are going up. And so it's a growth profession. So uh, if you have that, you're always going to be able to continue to be profitable and track people into the profession because there's, you know, we've all, the three of us for sure, and others have been at meetings how are we going to get new people into this profession? How are we going yeah. to attract them? We've, we've got all the puzzle pieces now with technology and wages and our market research. You know, we're doing four market research surveys a year show laboratories are very competitive in terms of benefits with other industry sectors. And so we don't, you know, we don't really have 
any inherent challenges any more than any other industry to bring people into the fold. And, you know, we're one of the few healthcare professions where, you know, depending on what your job role is, if somebody wants to be in healthcare, but not have a lot of patient interaction, I mean, this is a great niche for them. Or seven years of college. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And $3 million in debt for right, school. Right. I mean, it's a great profession. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I think this is a great time right now. And the fact that we came out so strong coming out of a pandemic, people learned a lot in terms of kind of re- retooling themselves, if you will, yeah. and it came out stronger. I think that's, I mean, it's, we've always talked about the resilience of, of our market and it's really, that's what we're seeing for sure right now. Well, I remember talking to you during the pandemic and we kept saying we didn't know how many would survive. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of them did. Yeah. Yeah. The vast yeah. majority. Yeah. That's great. Which is great. I mean, which is great. I can tell you from uh, our laboratory's perspective, being in um, Clearwater, Tampa, Florida, there was a while there where we couldn't find anybody to hire. And internally, we raised what we were bringing people in at, as well as raised every single technician in the building. So um, we've done a lot this past year to attract better people and to keep the technicians that we have. And I think that what you just went over basically speaks for exactly where we're at as a laboratory right now, which is great. It's been a, a really, really good year. Yeah. I mean, I will kind of integrate this component too on the NBC side. Uh, obviously, Barbara's on the NBC trustees, but you know she's, she's very familiar with this project, but it's we've kind of publicly announced it, if you will, but it's kind of still in its, lack of a better term, final stages of development. But NBC you know, has wanted to be in the position it had heard from the, you know, our constituents over the years about integrating digital into the certification process. You know, the the existing CDT pathways the, the last number of years have have integrated digital components into the written and practical, but we didn't have an exclusive digital path. And so NBC, you know, had a very great focus group meeting this spring uh, on a, a digital workflow specialist certification designation oh. um and so and the crowd maybe, goes wild yeah so, <laughs> yeah it should be that yeah yeah exciting nbc we've done a nationwide job task analysis that survey just closed you know in june during the next month or so we'll be taking all the nationwide responses to that job task analysis the group that we had do the focus group did a phenomenal job uh, all volunteers came together from different parts of the country, different business sizes to lay out like here are the key components uh, as it relates to digital workflow and being a digital workflow specialist in the laboratory setting of what would need to be tested against to have a, a certification in that specialty. The moons have aligned where, you know, the, the technology, we have some universal standards now with the different providers and technology. And then now we've got a, a better way to quantify and verify the competencies behind that. So especially for incumbent workers who have said, hey, we respect this the traditional six specialties of the certification process, but this one doesn't speak to my specific role or function. Mm-hmm. And this one's going to really resonate with a lot of people. So we're really proud and excited about that. I mean, over the years, there was discussions, you know, could you have it by itself? And, you know, the data to some extent didn't support that three or five years ago, but now the market has evolved even further. And, you know, because the biggest thing is you wanted to make sure, could you have a universal standard that everybody could be measured against and do it the right way, working with the psychometricians and stuff that 
help develop our, our testing processes and questions and stuff like that. And, and now the market's gotten into a position where you can actually achieve that objective. I think one of those things that our listeners, you know, might not understand is the amount and the volume of people and the time that we all give back to go through writing the questions and, you know, throwing out the questions that, you know, we don't agree with and using the math and the ones that people get right and the ones that people get wrong and everything that goes into creating this type of test is just remarkable. And for myself personally, you know, I'm going to be involved in it. Hopefully some of my texts will be, but I'm just excited. Yeah. It's really neat. And like you said, it's, it's hard for people to, I mean, the three of us don't do it for a living. We don't, we're not psychometricians, if you will. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Just saying. That's the first time I've even heard the word. (laughs) Say that five times fast. It's a specialty in itself, but it's basically taking a bank of industry knowledge and then creating exams around it. And, you know, you have to weight the questions and validate the questions. It's crazy cool. Like seriously. No, it's a very complex and sophisticated process as it should be. I mean, if you're going to, you know, put credentials behind your name and say, I have the skills and knowledge in this area, you 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 want to make sure on for your own self that you have it, and that if you're obviously demonstrating that to employers or your clients, that you know you can you have high integrity and credibility to stand behind that. The job task analysis is just closing. So, kind of what pieces of the puzzle will kind of quote unquote be? I would say in the final wind up be quantified as far as the competency that we'll know that later this summer. Okay, but what I can share the job task analysis of what you're going to be tested against are public. So once the final job task analysis is weighted, working with our psychometrician, it'll be a public document on the NBC website. So people can literally go on there and say, okay, these, this is, I know these things very, very well. Mm -hmm. These are the things I'm going to have to beef up on. I mean, there's still going to be some, what I call comprehensive knowledge or related to anatomy or whatever it may be. I can understand that, yeah. That component to be successful. But like I said, you know, it will be very easy for people to see what they're going to be tested against for this new designation. And we'll have that available publicly later this summer. Awesome. That is great. Because I know there's a lot of great technicians out there that's never picked up a wax. Yeah. You know, we got to be able to get them the credentials too. And think about all of the younger technicians that we can get involved in this type of event and, you know, people that we can get to get this designation. Is it a designation or is it a certificate? It's its own certification. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting. overwhelmingly popular, to be honest, Bennett. And thank you for that. No, it's, I mean, I, no credit to me. I mean, it's the volunteers that have gotten us here. The market's gotten us here. We obviously have a great NBC staff team that works with the board. So just a lot of smart people have gone into this process. The volunteers we had do the focus group were phenomenal. Those big worded people, they had a lot to do with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The smart ones. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I can't even say it. <laughs> Circumenticians oh, or something. Psychometrician. Her name's Joy and she is a smart yes. lady. Okay. She has a name. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she keeps us yeah. on track. We call her Dr. Joy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not DDS. PhD. Oh yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Wow, PhD in test writing? That's insane. Yeah. But those are kind of the kind of some key highlights. I mean, we've got Yeah, that's some exciting stuff. On the business side, NADLU, you know, we we have that as a a live program again this year and uh I know Barbara's a graduate of that program and several of her team have gone through that program. So I am too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were in our 
were there together. I remember part, parts of that. Parts of that. Part movie. of it. That's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we love the NADLU. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. And I mean, we've had many people on this podcast that accredit it to a lot of their success. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for so sure. Definitely. If anyone wants some good business management, check out the NADLU. What's that, in August, September? Uh, September in Tempe, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we've got some great faculty again this year. We always try to bring in some different flavors in terms of perspective. So Rudy Ramirez is a new faculty member for us. He's cool. Um, I love you know, him. That, you know, he's obviously got a lot to offer. Um, so we're glad to have him as a first-time faculty this year, along with our other stalwarts that we have um, that really bring a good amount of value for our attendees. That's awesome. So Bennett, before we wrap up, and because we're tagging this along with the episode for the Race to the Future, you doing a triathlon this year? I am doing a relay team with Sean Siegel and Sean Nowak. Oh, the two Seans. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the run. I'm doing the run. All right. Nice. No biking, huh? Uh, No. No, you you and I have uh, begged off the bike. (laughs) Yeah, between the two of you. Just so you know, yesterday was my first time in the pool and I swam 38 laps, and I rode 12 miles on the bike this morning at 6 a.m. So sweet, I'm a practicing, wow. getting ready. How many laps equals the half a mile you have to swim? Dude, uh, one lap equals a mile in my brain, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think 32 is a half a mile or a quarter mile. I don't know. Ask Sean Nowak. Yeah. He'll know. It's math. <laughs> Math is hard. (laughs) Well, awesome. Bennett, of course, we always appreciate you. Let's not wait for the next pandemic to have you back on. Yeah. And I haven't publicly had the chance to just, you know, share appreciation and gratitude for all your episodes that you've done. And um, just thank you for to bring this to us in the diversity of thought and people that you bring is pretty neat to see. So thank you for what you've been doing and continue to do. Thanks. Thank you. It's still fun. And we still get along. And we get along and it's fun. (laughs) We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Bennett. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Hi, this message is for the many dentists and dental staff that are listening to Voices from the Bench every week. The fastest growing product that we have at Growth3x are our Growth3x aligners. Growth3x aligners are only available from Growth3x aligner certified labs. Why? Because we believe in the synergies that are being created between you, the dental office, and your lab. And we want to further leverage these synergies. Our aligners are, for instance, used as a pretreatment to larger restorative aesthetic cases. They're used to widen gaps prior to placing implants. They're used to close the diastema, ease crowding, and simply enhance your patient's smiles. Even for your Essex retainer needs, your Growth3x Aligner Certified Lab can help. Look for a Growth3x Aligner Certified Lab near you, such as Castle Dental Lab in San Antonio, Texas, ask for Blaine, AMK Dental Lab in O'Neill, Nebraska, ask for Anne, Stax Dental Lab in McCool, Maryland, ask for Derek, AA Dental Design in Marietta, California, ask for Frankie, and many, many more. For a complete listing of Growth3x Aligner Certified Labs, go to www.growth3x.com. Thank you, Growth3x, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. A super big thanks to Lindsay, Arian, Tony, and Bennett. We cannot thank you guys enough, and everybody on all the boards and the committees that have donated so much time and energy to help put such an amazing event together. So, to wrap everything up, Everything Happens in Chicago, Saturday, August 27th, 
and that's the shorter triathlon and the free education day. So I say again, Saturday, August 27th. Then on Sunday, is the bigger triathlon. That's the one that I'll be doing, and most everybody will be doing a relay. So way to go, everybody. So we encourage everyone to come for the free, amazing education and either participate in the race or come and cheer on your fellow dental technician athletes. It's a ton of fun for either But even if you make it or don't make it, please consider giving to this great cause by sponsoring myself and Team Voices from the Bench. I'll genuinely super be grateful for $5 to the cause that only wants to make our industry better. So head over to dentalfoundation.org for all of the information and links for everything. I'll be there. Elvis will be there. The question is, will you be there? That's a challenge. Mic drop. Let's go, people. That's a great point. If we can get everyone that listened to this episode just to donate a dollar, just think of what the difference we can make. I know. And I mean that sincerely. It's like every little penny. I'm willing to give you a penny. Well, thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. I have issues. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that was funny.